thanks for coming on today, man. I appreciate it. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. Um, so for those that don't know who you are, or what you're about, um, feel free to explain what you do, who you're training and the floor is yours. Great. Thank you. Yeah. My name is, uh, well, I go by coach Dave. I get that's my, my hashtag, my moniker, if you will. And basically I work with, uh, pro and college athletes, some high school kids, um, that are at different phases and different stages of their athletic career. Uh, I work with both men and women and, um, gosh, I've been doing this now for, has to be about over 20 years, um, very intensely over the past, probably 15 now. Wow. You're, you're like a, uh, a veteran, veteran in the, in the sport, in the game. Is there, yeah. um, any sort of, uh, niche that you're in, in the sense of training athletes and so on, or is it, are you training like different fields, track and field fighters and so forth? Right. So I, I'd probably say that uh, college and pro football would be my uh, – and then then UFC and Bellator fighting. So uh, I've got 15 fighters uh, and a cadre of NFL players that I work with. Um, uh, some of the more um, preeminent fighters would be Chael Sonnen, who's getting ready to fight Fedor here in New York in October. <clears throat> we're uh, you know we're three weeks away from that fight. We're pretty deep in the camp, um, and he's looking great. I, I expect to win. I expect we, we take care of Fedor in the second round. And uh, Paige Van Zant, who's recovering from a broken arm, uh, I did not break it. She broke it on someone's all in the first middle of the first period uh, um, of a fight, and she managed to finish the fight, which I can't imagine how what that must have felt like. It was a really bad radio break in her forearm. Wow. Um, unfortunately, the first. Uh, go at fixing it didn't work uh, so she had to get it rebroken and on top of getting it rebroken she had to have a graft from her hip um, that has now uh, taken if you will it's a little slow in the heel um, we're back to training and uh, she's got a fight I think believe scheduled with the UFC I think Sean Shelby and Dana scheduled it for January uh, uh, to be announced where um, she looks good uh, I, I'd say uh, the time off, she still worked hard. We stayed away from the arm, obviously, so we did a lot more core stuff with her. Um, but she's an athlete. She's a professional athlete. She's smart. Um, she's a hard worker, and she's tough. Mm. So I, I anticipate the, her next victim vi opponent. I'll call it a victim. Uh, will be a good fight, and it'll 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 favor Paige on that. Uh, Austin Vanderford, her fiance. We have their wedding at the end of the month. Uh, his next fight is in November, I believe. He won his debut at Ultimate Fighter and uh, did, unfortunately did not get the contract. Um, I think it's a mistake on Dana and Sean's part, and I think they're realizing that now. And rumor on the street is that um, Bellator and or UFC will probably make him an offer in the next 30 to 60 days, we're hoping. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, Rudy um, Shafaroff. Uh, another big name that's on Bellator now. He just has for opening fight, his debut fight. Knocked the guy out. He's a heavyweight. Knocked the guy out in like, I think, 46 seconds. Um, he's a freak of nature, 6'5", 260. Um, just an absolute monster college wrestler, so he knows how to wrestle and throw. Um, you know, I, I can name a cadre of athletes. Basically, you know, I, I think I prefer to work with the UFC athletes and the fighters um, just because of their mentality when it comes to training, yeah. um, they, they're training not to die. That's the way they look at it. I don't want my arm broken. I don't want my, you know, my, my, my liver punched or kicked. 
Um, so it's a self-preservation thing. And because of that, they train harder than anyone else. Mm. Uh, do they, do they all have like a, a certain, uh, mentality? Like, do they all tick that box? Do you know what I mean? In the sense of, uh, Paige, obviously her fiance, and I can never pronounce his name. Uh, shouldn't Kale, is it Kale? No, Chael Sonnen Chael. is not. There we go. Chael, yeah, Chael's a different guy. Pa- uh, Paige's, Paige Van Zandt's fiance is Austin Vanderford. Yeah, that's it, Austin. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know they're the fiance and uh, Paige and him because I follow them both on on Instagram. Right. But are, like those two, are their mentalities the same as Chael's, or uh, like do they all fit the same sort of mental focus, or are they sometimes harder to motivate? Like, is one of them more motivated than the other? Do you know what I mean? Great question. Motivation. I don't have to motivate any fighter ever, 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 ever. They want to be there. Um, they're there because they want to be the best. Um, their survival uh, is based on their success and vice versa. So that's not a problem. I mean, sometimes with my NFL athletes, they're already paid. They've got their contracts. They've got their money in the bank. Occasionally, I come across one that drags his feet a little, getting to practice, getting to warm-ups, getting to, to work out. Um, not always, but it does happen. I, I'd say my fighting – a cadre of fighters is definitely my preeminent um, athlete. So how do you go about um, getting into sort of the, like motivating them as well? And like, so, so maybe, you know, they've got that extra 10%. How do you kind of get into their head or push them to that next level and maybe uh, perfect their little flaws that they might have? You know, it's, it's a great question. Again, it's, it's one of those weird things where every athlete is different and to your previous question they already have it in them it's innate in a fighting sport that they want to be better and be the best and have all the tools to win um it's one-on-one it's on broadcasted live in front of millions of people so they already have that drive now with that being said some fighters you got to constantly stroke them tell them how good they're doing and generally, they are doing good, but sometimes you have to build them up. Other fighters, it's just the opposite. You don't have to say a word. Mm. You just tell them what to do. They give you the yes coach. They give you the nod. You correct minor corrections, um, especially with with Austin Vanderford. Everything is a minor correction. The guy is an absolute freak of nature. Um, I've never come across an athlete like him. Uh, it's a motor that doesn't quit. And um, I would say between him and a couple of my other fighters um, – I would say I have to pull them back, you know, apply the reins, if you will. Yeah. Um, they won't stop. And they'll hurt themselves over training. Yeah, it's strange because people don't um, always think about that. They always just think like more is better. And sometimes for, for certain people, I mean, I, I work in a gym um, over here in England and you see it, some people, they're just going mad and you're like, have your recovery period. Like, you know, chill out. Like tom- we've, got, we've got to do this tomorrow as well. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's okay, tomorrow, like, yeah, we'll do that tomorrow, whatever. And you're like, no, you need to listen to what I'm saying. This is why I'm here, do you know what I mean? I'm here to stop you from potentially injuring yourself or, or doing your rotator cuff from just going too hard on the bench press for too long. Like, there's, there is that overtraining um, aspect of things. So I suppose that's a good thing um, that you're there to, to also do to rein people in because maybe not all coaches are like that you see like instagram coaches where they're just like more 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 and you're like you're gonna kill this person (laughs) what are you doing yeah generally people that have degrees and have um certificates does not mean mean you're a good coach especially in the world of strength conditioning uh, as it pertains to fighting 
Um, you know, football is a combat sport. People might not view it as such, but it's a combat sport. It's, you know, uh, you know, guys running into, into each other and they're hybrid athletes and they're moving very quickly and their muscle mass and their density and their speed is it's ridiculous. It's a small car accident at all times. Mm. With that being mm. said, it's not a, um, a, a combat sport with hands and fists and feet and people trying to hurt you. So we have to slow, kind of slow down the athlete, but the biggest, the, the best question that I, I, I hear a lot is the mindset of the athlete. And if any coach wants to be efficient and be effective, they have to get in their athlete's head. And if I have five or six fighters in a room, I can't coach them all the same way. I might have them all doing the same exercise, but every single one requires a conversation pre, during, or post-workout that where I evaluate them or where, you know, sometimes I correct something quietly because it's an athlete that you embarrass them. They don't, they don't, they don't respond well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can imagine that doesn't always go down too well. Um, I've, where I've played uh, football low level over here. Um, if my manager like used to dig me out, like you're not doing this properly. You're, you're shit. What are you doing? I'd be like, I'm pumped. I'm motivated. Like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. Whereas a couple of my mates, they'd get digged out and they'd just go into a hole and then they'd just play even worse. And you're like, what was the, what are you doing? So I think, uh, knowing like for you, it's obviously knowing your fighters, knowing your NFL guys and that, and knowing sort of how far to, to scream at them or not. Um, you've got some English talent coming out of, out of, you got some talent coming out of England right now. Some really good fighters coming out of England. Yeah. You guys um, excited? Yeah, I mean, we've got, I spoke to, um, I don't know if you probably would have heard of uh, Mark Diakisi, um, and obviously you've got Michael Venom-Page, um, I spoke to Linton Vassell as well, they're all obviously British lads in uh, Bellator, and obviously Mark's in, in the UFC now, so yeah, prospects for them, obviously doing really well, I hope. Good <laughs> for you guys. Um, so... Do you have any sort of, do you have like general methods um, you use with each of the people that you're training? Like, uh, is there like a one shoe fits all or is it a different program for each individual person that you're training? Right. So if you follow my Instagram account, you know, I don't, we don't train in a gym unless it's, uh, you know, below freezing and or torrential rains or snowing. Um, we're outside. doesn't matter. I, 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 I like the, um, the atmosphere that God gave us and, and the clouds overhead and, and the earth under underfoot. And for me, it's everything that's not conventional is what I want to do. We never do squats. We never do deadlifts. We never do cleans. I, I hate all that crap. Any athlete that shoulder presses should have their athletic card removed. And every tra any trainer that trains those things, I'm not saying that squats and deadlifts and don't have an application, but they have zero application in athletics, zero. They may make you stronger, but it's not a functional uh, movement. Mm. So if you look, when we flip a tire, it's it's a combination of a squat and a deadlift, but it's a functional movement because you're advancing, you're moving forward. You're using your um, uh, leverage points as opposed to just flipping a weight over your shoulders. So my methodology and, and, and the way I approach things is what is a functional movement for that particular modality of sport, football, fighting, baseball, whatever it is, and how do I apply that movement to a conditioning and or a um, muscle strengthening um, aspect. And the biggest thing for me is we work on the fast twitch muscles and we leave the big muscles alone. Um, the big muscles will eventually engage themselves after the fast twitch muscles have exhausted themselves. 
So we pull a tire, push a tire, flip a tire, carry a tire, hit a tire with a hammer, run a hill with a tire, medicine balls. Um, you know, we do have a bench press in there, but we don't do heavy weight. We do lightweight, high rep. Um, and as such, we've never had an injury. I mean, occasionally there's a broken bone, but no ligaments, no knees, no ankles, nothing like that. Yeah, it's like um, it kind of when you're talking about like the tire and stuff, it's kind of like uh, reminds me of like Rocky, you know, like that sort of kind of old school type of training, right. but effective, obviously. Right. And like anyone who says uh, otherwise, you just set them that challenge. Like, okay, come out and do 20 tire flips and then get this hammer and start smashing into it for four sets of 30 seconds and see how you feel. <laughs> and I guarantee you the result's going to be man yeah. coach i'm I'm dying here like give me a break and you're like well you know you said it wouldn't work um absolutely i mean i follow um i had a podcast from him as well uh i don't know if you know him phil daru from american top team he's mm -hmm. like uh okay he's out there strength and conditioning coach so he trains uh dustin poirier johannes jacek uh did train mm -hmm. tyron woodley he was their their strength and conditioning coach and um his philosophies are fairly similar. He does like a lot of mobility work. Um, you see him doing like power balls against the wall. Um, mm -hmm. But he does get them doing uh, deadlifts and I think bench press. So I don't know. I don't know what his view is on, on that take of things. And I'd have to ask him as well, like to get the difference of uh, opinions. I'm sure that, that you both share the same opinion. And I'm sure there's probably like a little, he's like training Dustin, doing deadlifts and bench pressing for a certain reason. Then you'd probably go, yeah, I agree with you. That's that's actually what you should be doing. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, I don't I don't know what the program is that he's on. It's just what I've seen on his Instagram. Right, and some athletes you want to grow muscle and grow. You know, you, you the best way to grow muscle is with those big muscle group activities. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of my athletes cut weight for fights. Most fighters cut weight, and growing a um, a muscle, um, especially in the in the quad or you know in the lower half of your body, which is the bigger the, the bigger group the bigger muscle groups. Um, is not advantageous to cutting weight because you have to lose that muscle to cut the weight. You can't just soak the water out of it. Mm. And the bigger the muscle, the faster it tires and the more things that can go wrong. So uh, here's an example. Austin Vanderford, when I first got a hold of him, walked around around 210 to 213. Um, I mean, he's a monster at 5'10 at that weight. No body fat, just a monster. He had these quadriceps that would not fit in a pair of normal shorts. I mean, he has custom-made shorts. Since I've had him over the past year, I have him walk, and he cuts to 170, mind you. Wow. I have him walking at 193, so I've taken you know almost 15 pounds of weight off that guy. His legs are still monstrous, but they've shrunk a little bit, and now the water that they hold, he can get rid of faster because it's not within the muscle, rather it's in the soft tissue. So again, his weight cuts have gone from brutal, arduous weight cuts starting at usually 206 down to 170. Now he's cutting from 193 or 189 to 170, which it's still a tough cut, but it's a much easier cut. Yeah. Son and I'm putting weight on him uh, for Fedor, but yeah, it, it, for me, it, it all lies in the end game: weight cut, body type, what have you. So, do you do like the nutritional side of things as well? I do. Okay, that makes sense. Now, so you're kind of like well all rounded. Like you're bringing the bringing him in, and you're like right nutrition training. Etc. Etc. Well, yeah, and, and again, it depends on the athlete. She done it. You grab her. It depends on the athlete because, um, like with a Chael son, and um, he's he's older. Been fighting for twenty, you know, twenty years in, in the UFC, and now he's in Bellator. And he tends to um, like the feel good foods, 
during this time of year. You know, like he'll drive drive through a, a fast food restaurant, and I won't yeah. say any names. I hate them all. Um, or drink a soda, which I'm like Mr. Anti-Soda. I think it's a gateway drug. With that being said, he, you know, he's set in his ways at 40, so I have to slowly take things from him. Austin Vanderford, you know, he's a, a two-time All-American college wrestler. Those guys know exactly how to cut weight, and they know how to do it efficiently, and they know what foods to eat. And what he does is he chooses to eat lean for a bigger chunk of the year. So it's like, to your point, the psychology of the athlete, it's different for everybody. No, cool, man. Like, it's, uh, it's mad to think, because like, some people just think generic program, generic program, generic program. And then obviously you realize, like, okay, this guy needs a certain bit of nutrition for him, and he needs a certain bit of nutrition for him, and his lifestyle is his lifestyle, and his life's his lifestyle. Like, I can't change them all to be perfect like he's been doing this for 20 years he's been doing this for five years and so on so yeah it's just mad to think like obviously the amount of work that you've got to put in to kind of get these guys in tip-top shape and ready to fight and ready to go yeah um what are your future plans as well what where do you see yourself going in the next sort of five years i mean uh... I, I think I want, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of Chiel's career. So I want him to go out with his wins. I'd like him to win that Bellator belt. You know, he's in that Grand Prix right now. Um, and I don't want to look beyond Fedor. Fedor's no joke, but uh, I think we have a good game plan for Fedor. I think we beat Fedor, like I said, in the second period. Um, I think we're looking at um, that next fight, which would be for the belt between uh, Bader, um, uh, the outcome of the Bader fight. And, you know, I'm going to stay right there in that wheelhouse right now. I'm going to say let's let's talk about the next six months, five years from now. You know, I'm you know I'm 50 year old strength and conditioning coach. You know, um, I love what I do. I love who I work with for the most part, and I'm fortunate enough to handpick the crew I work with. If I don't like you, I'm not training you. Um, you know, if you're if you're an idiot, you're not going to be with me. You're looking good for your age, man. Hey, thank you. My my wife's sitting across from me. I think she she wants me to have a little bit more hair and less of a gut, but I think I'm doing all right. Nah, man, the shoulders and that, like teeth, not so many wrinkles. I think I've got more wrinkles than you. <laughs> I'm like wondering what's going on. Um, so how did you become a coach and begin working with uh, sort of these big sporting names like uh, Paige and your NFL guys? I had an unfortunate incident happen to me when I was younger. Um, I was getting into my own career. Um, with uh, combat sports, and um, I had to take some time off uh, for some surgery to my uh, to my nose and my eye socket. And as a result of that, I started training guys, and I fell in love with it. And um, I'm not a um, typical certified trainer where the certification meant a lot to me. I rather read everything and took um, took note of people much smarter than me. And basically everything I do is plagiarized. Everything I do I've taken from a guy smarter than me or a, a female trainer smarter than me. And what's what I've developed is an amalgamation of everything I've ever learned. And I continue to learn from my my fighters or my, my, my athletes. Even my high school kids teach me. Um, you know, when something's working, not working, something new – um, they show it to me, and then I make sure that they're doing it functionally, and I get to step back and watch them improve. Um, probably my greatest reward is watching high school athletes go to Division One colleges and, and, and excel or get a free education um, 
because of their their athletic prowess. Well, it must be a proud moment, man. Like, legitimately, do you know what I mean? Because obviously, it ain't cheap either. You know, to get all the money to for, because um, they get what do you get? Uh, scholarships and things like that. Is that right over there? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say the average school over here for four year education runs about one hundred fifty thousand for you know, a division one college in, you know, like a Stanford. Um, we have a kid here, Tim Tawa, who, um, could have easily walked right into the major league baseball program. Um, but decided, you know, he got a free ride to Stanford because of his baseball and football prowess. And that's a $400,000 education he gets for nothing. Let's wow. in four years, he's got a Stanford degree hanging on his wall and it opens up, you know, some, some jobs. Right. Yeah. So he got that by working hard and dedicating himself mentally, physically, scholastically and uh that's the that's the benefit and yes very proud moment i guess it's the same uh, for your journey as well because you obviously applied yourself mentally to learning all these things and then physically i guess trying some things out yourself and then obviously now you're you're where you're at you've been in the game a long time and obviously training the best you know it's fun it's not without its challenges we're talking about um some prima donna like athletes who um, don't always take instruction well. Um, and even though I call, you know, I'm self-professed coach Dave, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be jerk Dave. Sometimes you got to be daddy Dave. Sometimes you got to be uncle Dave. Uh, sometimes you got to be brother Dave. And um, sometimes you don't want to be any of that stuff. You just want to go coach. And that to me is the biggest challenge for someone that's as invested in an, an athlete as I've become in a lot of like, uh, um, if you look around the UFC and Bellator, there's probably about, I'd say there's 15 of us. And in the UFC alone, there's 600 contracted fighters. In Bellator, I think there's 250 contract fighters. So there's 15 of us that have the bulk of the high talent. And it's the challenge is maintaining your own sanity when you're not trying not to absorb your athlete's baggage. Um, you know, I, I get hate mail when Paige, Paige, when, when Paige Van Zandt flips a tire and she posts it, she gets 300,000 views, sometimes 400,000 views in moments. And I joke with my, my, my wife about this. I get hate mail. People literally want to, want to string me up because her functional tire flip is so pathetic, but people, what they don't understand is it may not look right to them. She's not using her legs. She's not using her this. She's not doing that. But for someone like Paige, it's not abnormal because her range of motion, because of her back, is limited. And rather have her have her not do the exercise, her body over the years is compensated. And what we have is her version of a tire flip. It's an amalgamated hybrid version and it makes me uncomfortable to watch it but she's not going to hurt herself i'm not stupid yeah. and she's never hurt yeah. herself flipping a tire no i mean so uh, sorry no go on no no that, the point being that the hate mail i got i got to weather the storm from four hundred thousand views right um and i do i don't always handle it well i think my wife will tell you that um but it's par for the course i can't make everybody happy i know my athlete i know what she can and can't do and I'm not going to stop doing it. Fuck you, Instagram. <laughs> Straight up. Just, pff, nah. 
<laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, you, you know, you obviously know what you're doing. You've been in the sport a long time. Like you've you've been training people a long time, and you've got some guy who's 15 or whatever, and he's like training in the gym, and he's just like, "Yeah, man, that tire flip." She's doing it all wrong. And it's like, have you even yeah. met her to talk to her to know what her problem is? Like, why she's lifting it that way? Like, come on, you know, get off my back. Jesus. I don't know how you don't just do a, a video, you ranting, just like exposing all these people, you know? <laughs> I thought about it. And every time I go to do it, uh, either my wife talks me out of it or I realize, what do I give a crap? I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't care about that. I mean, I, they're her fans and I respect that. Uh, you know, she's got 1.8 million people following her on Instagram. Um, but it, I don't need to make them happy. I have to make her feel good and functionally ready for her fight. Her broken arm was an unfortunate incident. She would have won that fight. She finished the fight. She was punching this girl in the face with a broken arm. And this girl's got supposedly has got some really incredibly dense skull because it's a second arm she's broken, you know, with a spinning back fist, which again, I don't, I don't support that or condone that move. But, uh, you know, Paige made the decision to do it in the middle of the fight. Um, yeah, I mean, within the sense of mobility, obviously, uh, my mobility is pretty poor in my hips. So when I squat, I can't get down to the uh, full, like, 90 degree angles and, and, and lower. So I'm like, comp I have to compensate when I squat. I don't go down as deep. And the amount of people that come up to me, they're like, you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper. And I'm like, bruv, come on. My hips, like my my knees, they just don't allow me to. Like, so I've been trying to increase my mobility to increase my depth of squat, but it ain't easy, you know. When you've got a problem, you've got a problem. <laughs> Sometimes it ain't. You can't work it out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's genetics too. I mean, you could have been born with those hips, and yeah. and, and yeah. every body has its limitations. Um, I used to be what I consider to be flexible. You know, at fifty years old, you know, I, I'm less flexible. You know, and as we get older joints deteriorate, um, testosterone deteriorates, um, recovery time uh, increases instead of decreases. Uh, you know, these are all just natural events that happen in, in, in the course of a, of, of a body's life. And uh, I'll correct someone if I think they're da if it's dangerous. I will tell you, with Paige, it drives me crazy sometimes, um, her not sitting her hips when she flips a tire. Because she's the only one that I have that does it. But over the past year and a half, I've been training her. Um, we've had no injuries except for the broken broken arm. Um, what I've come to realize here's another example for you. DeAnthony Thomas uh, plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is <clears throat> the fastest man in the NFL. Um, I think it was he's in the cover of Sports Illustrated. He ran a four two four forty. Okay, now he's at four two zero, I think, or four two one. <clears throat> but he's officially the fast guy in the NFL. Well, he came to me and said, Hey, while we're training, can you make me faster? I'm like, I don't know how to make you faster. I mean, you, you're, you're fastest. You're the fastest guy in the NFL. I mean, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, I want to get faster. So we did some things and sure enough, he was getting quicker, but it was by, you know, by accident that he was getting faster. But one day I put him on his back and I started to stretch him. And I realized the Anthony Thomas, an NFL slot receiver, could not put his knee to his stomach. I'm like, whoa, what's wrong? So I stood him up. I spread his legs and I had him go down and touch his toes. He couldn't go put his hands below his knees. I'm like, holy crap, there's the problem. You're too tight. So I put him on his back and I started stretching him slowly. And I'm like, this feels like you're going to 
tear something and he's wincing. So I stopped and I called a, a friend of mine. His name is Dr. Steve Young. Um, he's a, um, a, a physical therapist out of uh, New York, New Jersey, I think. And um, just a very bright guy. And I was telling him, hey, I got D'Anthony Thomas on his back here in a football field and I'm stretching him out. And the guy is like, tight as a rubber band. And he goes, stop. Do not stretch him. Don't, don't make him bend. Don't make him do anything. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong? He goes, listen to me. And again, this is a doctor I'm talk to, talking to, and his, and, and his um, modality is physical therapy, and he understands the body, and he's a brilliant mind. And he said, sprinters inherently have fast twitch muscles that are bound in very tight muscle. And that's what makes them fast. He goes, by stretching them and making them loose, you will increase the, uh, um, the likelihood that they're going to pull something. I never heard any, I'm, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for years. I never heard anything like that. Sure enough, all of my sprinter-based athletes, especially in the NFL, all of them have super tight quads, hamstrings, and glutes. More prone to pull, more prone to injury, but they're, they're wound like a rubber band ready to break, and that's what makes them quit, right? I never knew that. So for the, for the remainder of the years I trained Anthony Thomas through the NFL, never, never. Our warm-ups are all dynamic, all motion-based, never sedentary, and I never get on the guy. I never stretch his hammies, his quads, or anything. But again, I never would have known that had I not made that call. I would have stretched him and probably broke him. Imagine that. You would have been right? the guy that broke him. <laughs> Anthony Thomas, right? I ruined the fastest. He's like a bionic man, and I broke him. <laughs> So um, what advice would you give to other coaches sort of wanting to get to the level you're at and, um, you know, with working with the, the personalities that you're working with? Read, learn, listen. Um, your athletes will almost always show you or tell you what they need. So people always say, hey, what are we doing today, coach? Or, hey, what's tomorrow's workout? I don't know. I usually do it on the fly a little bit and I start off with an, a, a warm-up. In my warm-up, and again, if you look through my Instagram, you'll see we do a one-mile walk out in the country, right? From my driveway down a, a hill or down a dirt road, uh, past a winery, uh, you know, then we lunge 100 yards uphill, do a dynamic walk for 100 yards, backpedal for 100 yards near a pond, cut through a field, and we're back to the, my gym. Excuse me. During that one mile, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to each one of them. I engage every single one of them. I listen to them talk. Oh, my gosh, that workout yesterday was brutal. We did with uh, Coach Fabiano. Um, yeah, did you see what happened to Ed Herman? Oh, you know, my back is – my lower back so tight. Is your back – oh, yeah, my back. Well, I'm listening to that. I've got five fighters there, three of which have tight backs. Guess what we're not doing? We're not flipping tires today, right? So immediately I shift gears. Okay, let's focus on the upper body. Let's make sure that the back is stabilized. So – what I would always tell someone is if you're, if you're scheduled a workout for an athlete at three o'clock in the afternoon, that same athlete, you say, Hey, do me a favor. Can you show up 15 minutes early just to stretch? I've got a foam roller out for you. If you, if you like a little um, pre, pre-workout drink, I'll make that for you. A, 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 tr- a good trainer's job is to be a servant and I'm there to serve you. How can I help you? You're not there for me. My paycheck takes care of me. You I'm here to tend to your needs. Find out what their needs are and then tend to them. And more often than not, all of my athletes, that you know, because we have a camp here, right? We have a team. 
I know what they're doing during the day. I know who they're training with. I know their Muay Thai coaches. I know their jujitsu coaches. I know their stand-up coaches. So I can kind of get some background. And mostly everybody centers their camps around me. So I'm able to be that focal point for them. When I listen, I listen and I learn and then I apply. And those three things are probably what makes me a better coach. The rest of it's just academics. Any fool can create a hard workout for any athlete. I mean, it does, it's not rocket science. Mm. The key is to put together the right workouts at the right time so that a week out from the fight, that athlete is not only mentally and physically ready, but spiritually ready, right? They're, they haven't been broken. Their workouts don't get harder. They get easier as they get closer to the fight. They get easier as they get closer to leave for a mini camp for the NFL. So that's that's my biggest advice. Just be a, be, a, be a student, not a teacher all the time. So what's your daily routine like? What do you do for yourself? I've got a wife and three wonderful kids. Um, blessed to live in a wonderful community here in, uh, in Oregon. Um, you know, we've got challenging weather in the winter. We have a lot of rain. Uh, I've grown gills and feathers and webbed feet so I can deal with the rain. Um, I get up early in the morning. I've got some chickens I feed in my backyard. Uh, I've got some parakeets that uh, one of, one of which I rescued. Got a couple dogs. Um, you know, my wife and I get the kids off to school. Um, I have got a home office. I have got some uh, real estate ventures that I'm involved in, and you know, kind of get that stuff handled. Uh, training starts anywhere between uh, 8:30 in the morning for me and 10:15, and then I compartmentalize my fighters and my football players. I usually separate them. This time of year, obviously, the NFL and works and college football and works. I have less football players. I coach some high school football, set the conditioning for a high school here called Westland. And uh, we train till probably one or two. Uh, then I have some uh, my other work that I get done. Um, I drink a double shot of espresso every morning with a honey in it. And, uh, you know, we're boaters out here. We live on rivers and lakes. So we spend some time in the water, surf, wake surfing. And like I said, I'm, I'm just absolutely blessed to have this, you know, these people I get to work with. So do you, um, do you meditate at all? Kind of a random question. Great question. So I'm a spiritual guy. Um, I believe in the Lord. Um, I have peace around that. Uh, I'm a Gemini, which is, sounds funny, but I talk to myself because I got that split personality thing going. And um, I, you know, I make a ton of mistakes on a daily basis. I ask for forgiveness and I move forward. Um, that's just my routine. Um, I pray with my athletes. Uh, I pray for my athletes, pray for my family. And again, we're here for a very short period of time. And if I took that short period of time, let's say 80, 90 years, and I think of the time I'm young and healthy, it's even less, right? So I take advantage of every day. It inspired me slightly that little bit because I don't look at life like that. Do you know what I mean? In the sense yeah. of you are only young and healthy for a, for a period of time, and then before you know it, you're like, oh, my shoulder, oh, my back. This must have been all those tire flips with Dave. <laughs> hey, none of us are going to get out of this alive, so we might as well take advantage of the time we're here. No, that's true, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all about um sort of uh, meditation, and I talk to myself quite a bit. Positive self-talk's good, you know. It's good for the brain. 
So yep, people, absolutely. hopefully, people listening don't think we're fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'd rather talk to myself than an alien or a tree stump. I've seen people that do both those things too. So, at least you know, my, my my maker's in heaven, and I'm down here on earth, and uh, you know, together we'll try to figure this thing out. So, have you got? Um, I think you said you've got uh, something with ESPN today. Uh yeah, we have thing. Yeah, uh, at three o'clock. Yeah, within in, in the next twenty minutes. Yeah, okay. you know. Uh, Chael's contracted with ESPN um, uh, and does a lot with them. And ESPN, I think, just bought the rights to the UFC. So uh, I think, is it still Fox and ESPN or some, again, amalgamation of that, those networks, those big networks now. So Chael's kind of tied back into that um, and his podcast and what have you. So, yeah, there's always some interview going on. Cool, man. Well, um, because I know you've got to go in like 20 minutes and I know you've got to get ready. Uh, Thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I always let my guests who are host uh, have two minutes just at the end to to advertise themselves, where they can find you, contact you. Any athletes, if they tune into this, uh, can can contact you um, if if they want, I guess. But yeah, give, 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 advertise yourself. (laughs) That's that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I don't advertise at all, actually. I, oh. You know, I'm word of mouth, and um, uh, those who are meant to find me, find me. Those who don't, don't. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, but um, you know, my dance card's super full right now. <laughs> I got cool. 16 cool. fighters, all of which are getting ready for fights over the next six months. So um, I, I wish you the best. You, uh, you you have talent. That's why I accepted your your invite. Um, I, I watched some of your podcasts, and I think you uh, you have a future, my friend. I hope so. <laughs> um, okay cool um i won't put your do you want me to put your instagram down below anyways yeah go ahead that's fine yeah just so followers can follow you in that um and i'll link you over the full episode when it's uploaded and the artwork and if you want to share it on your page and that um you can if you don't you don't um but yeah i appreciate it man i really really appreciate your time it's been a laugh it's been good have a great day and get to sleep isn't it like 10 o'clock out there yeah, I'm going to be up late. It's cool. First, <laughs> right, Thursday night party time for me. All right, anyways, <laughs> um, take care. Enjoy enjoy your day, man. I'll keep in touch, all right? Thanks for the interview. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye.